in yet another candidate for best win of the season. The Rangers rally out of a three-goal deficit to take down the Edmonton Oilers 5-4 to four in a six-round shootout. Gerard Gallant pushes all the right buttons, and Igor Shesterkin slams the door after what was certainly a shaky uh, first period for the reigning Vesna winner. And the Rangers conclude a four-game road trip by getting seven out of a possible eight points following an overtime loss in Calgary. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 774 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And so it's Sunday as I'm recording this. When we last talked, you know, the Rangers were heading into the weekend. Friday and Saturday, you had a back-to-back at Edmonton and at Calgary. And as I just mentioned, uh, you know, the Rangers obviously defeat the Oilers in dramatic fashion, fantastic fashion. And then they uh, fall to the Calgary Flames. uh, Tough loss there. Um, I just wanted to address something real quick here, though. So on Wednesday, I missed an episode and uh, some of you guys responded to a tweet that I I put out. Uh, I mentioned that I was feeling a little bit under the weather. And I just wanted to mention, you know, full disclosure here, why the episode was missed and why I'm a little bit slow getting this episode out. Uh, it's nothing too serious, but uh, right now I'm, I'm dealing with a kidney stone and um, it sucks. So I don't really know what else to say about it besides that. But, uh, you know, episodes right now going forward, you know, I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that. I'm going to be completely fine. Don't worry about me. I'm just mentioning it because, you know, the episodes might come out a little bit more sporadically. They may come out at random times, random days. I, I might miss a day here here and there, but it's just something I got to deal with. But uh, I just wanted to mention that to everybody and, and just let everybody know. But um, yeah, to get back to the fun stuff here, the hockey stuff, the uh, the Rangers, you know, winning some hockey games or winning one of the two games and getting three out of a possible four points between Friday and Saturday. What I want to do is talk about this game here uh, against the Oilers in today's episode exclusively. This is Sunday. And then Monday, uh, we'll talk about the game against the Flames. Because this win against the Oilers, man, it was just too much fun. It was too exciting. It was too dramatic. I don't want to just shove this into, you know, the opening portion of the episode and then move on to the loss to the Flames. Uh, this win against the Oilers deserves its own episode. So that's what we're going to do. And I figure we might as well start by going right to the big finish, uh, third period and overtime. You got the third period. Rangers go into the third, trailing 4-2. They had trailed by deficits of 3 to nothing and 4-1 to uh, earlier in this game. Third period, you know, they, they come out, they, they're playing very well. They played very well in the second period, too, uh, but they only cut the deficit down to 4-2. Uh, the third period, you've got getting back into the game with a goal by Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, Capo Caco battles behind the net, wins a board battle, uh, dishes in front to Alexi Lafreniere, and Lafreniere converts. Lafreniere shot from kind of the inside of the right face-off circle there. Uh, Philip Heedle had won the face-off. And uh, Kako pretty much got in there behind the net, went to work, you know, battled along the boards, and then dished in front to Alexi Lafreniere. And Lafreniere with a snipe uh, looked like it went into the uh, far side of the net there. So uh, that was awesome. Cut the Ranger deficit, like I said, from 4-2 to 4-3. Really got them back into it. And at that point, you're feeling pretty good. Like the Rangers could really pull this off, pull a rabbit out of their hat, and uh, pay the Oilers back. Because uh, if you guys remember, you know, at a game in Madison Square Garden earlier this year, the Rangers were winning 3-0 going into the third period in that game. 
Looked like they had everything in hand, and the Oilers came storming back, scored four goals in the third period, beat the Rangers 4-3. to The Oilers have been saying, apparently, that that's the game that kind of turned their season around. And, I mean, hey, more power to them. They pulled it off. Um, but it was really nice to see the Rangers kind of return the favor here go into Edmonton and deal them that kind of a loss, uh, you know, storming back from, once again, three goals down, deficits of 3 nothing and 4-1. to one. But then, of course, the Rangers tie the game uh, a little bit later on a two-man advantage. Uh, they were patient with the puck. I thought, you know, during this two-man advantage, it was bordering on maybe being a little bit too deliberate, but, um, hey, they converted. You know, you got Panarin passing to his left uh, to Mika Zibanejad. Mika Zibanejad in deep to Adam Fox. Fox back to Mika, and uh, Mika just cranks a shot, snipes a shot, and uh, scores, ties the game at 4-4. Four to four. And uh, that set the stage pretty much for overtime at that point. Overtime, a couple of chances both ways. Uh, you had Filipino with a great chance in deep. This was like in the first 30 seconds or so. Uh, great pad saved by Jack Campbell. That kept the game alive for the Oilers. Uh, you have a two-on-one going back the other way, and it's Dreisaitl and McDavid. And two-on-ones are never ideal. When you're going up against Dreisaitl and McDavid, it's, it's especially not a good thing. Um, but Ke'Andre Miller was back. I thought he defended pretty well here. Took away the pass, forced Dreisaitl to shoot, and Igor turned aside the shot. So that kept the Rangers alive at that point. And then uh, the Oilers actually got a power play late in the overtime as well. The Rangers had to kill off about a minute of uh, you know power play time for the Oilers. They were able to do that, and uh, the overtime period expired, and we go to a shootout and what turned out to be a six-round shootout. And uh, you know, again, just just a great win here for the Rangers. Um, obviously, you know it's pins and needles, and I know there's mixed feelings about the shootout. Connor McDavid made his feelings very clear about the shootout, and we'll talk about that in due time as well. But as for the shootout itself, you have both teams scoring in the first round. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, you know, he went in kind of medium speed and just beat Igor with a pretty simple wrist shot. You know, I think sometimes as a goalie in a shootout, you're probably looking for somebody to do something elaborate or or fancy or try to trick you in one way or another. And uh, in some ways, I think you can almost get tricked when somebody just takes a really standard shot, as Nugent Hopkins seemed to do here. I mean, he stick handled a little bit, but for the most part, this is just a pretty standard wrist shot, and he scored on it. Uh, but Igor slammed the door after that, which is the theme for him uh, after what was a shaky first period. More on that in a little bit as well. Um, but then, you know, the Rangers immediately tie it. You've got Capo Caco leading off the shootout for the Rangers. Uh, he goes up to uh, on the right side a little bit, uh, stick handles on the doorstep, pulls it to his backhand, lifts it into the net, uh, about as smooth as it gets here. Just just great hands and just a great goal uh, by Capo Caco here, who's becoming one of the go-to guys for the Rangers in the shootout. You know you're going to get Panarin. You know you're going to get Mika. I think at this point, you're kind of looking at a situation where uh, Caco seems to be the preferred third guy. And a lot of times they lead off with him. Um, you know, maybe the idea being that, uh, you know, the game won't be on the line when he's shooting and you can leave that to the veterans and Panarin and in Mika. Um, but yeah, it looks like Caco is kind of, I don't want to say like, has like a stranglehold on that role, but it seems like he's the preferred choice as far as the third shootout guy uh, for the New York Rangers, and he converts here. A whole bunch of other stuff happened as well. It's a six-round shootout. Um, we go to the sixth, though, and Igor makes a great save on Yamamoto. Um, just cool, calm, and collected. You know, just did not seem like this puck was going to get by him under any circumstances. Makes a pad save. And then in the uh, bottom of the sixth, so to speak, you've got Alexi Lafreniere, Goes up the ice, you know, slightly up the right side. Goes to his backhand and a little bit of a changeup right between the legs. Uh, and again, just an awesome win for the Rangers. This was uh, their first lead of the game is when the game ended. And the game ended in the sixth round of the shootout. So that's awesome stuff right there. And uh, just, just a great example of this team, you know, sticking together, uh, not giving up. I mean, hey, they'd won six straight games coming into this contest. It, it's not like this was like a bonafide must-win game for this team. 
would have been easy to just say, hey, you know what? It's not our night. Things aren't working. We'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow, this, that, and the other thing. No, they, they battled back after a rough first period and, um, you know, obviously got the job done here. And like I said, a character win, one of the top three wins of the season, you would have to believe. I haven't done my rankings yet, but it's going to be up there. Uh, that is for sure. Um, I want to, uh, in just a second, talk about why I didn't think that even though the Rangers were down after the first period and down big, down by a score of 4-1, to why I didn't think that all hope was lost for this game, why I thought it was at least possible that they could come back, and I swear I'm telling the truth there. Um, did I 100% expect them to win the game? No, but as far as being down 4-1 to after the first period, this didn't seem as dire as a 4-1 deficit after the first period would typically be, and I'm going to explain why uh, in just a second here. And we will do that in, you know, just a minute. But uh, first, I just got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about nine months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, everything. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. We just want to thank you guys as always for making lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And so, as I just mentioned a second ago, I kind of want to break down the reasons why, you know, not that you, again, expect like a monumental win or you're guaranteed a win when you're down 4-1 after the first period, but I don't know. There was just something about this game, a couple different reasons why I felt the Rangers were still in it. I thought a win was still at least possible despite, you know, once again, the deficit. Uh, First and foremost, in the first period, I felt that the Rangers had just as many, if not more quality scoring chances, as did the Edmonton Oilers. And that's despite the fact that, once again, they were down 4-1 to at the end of the first period. I thought the first five or six minutes of this game, whatever it was, uh, the Rangers were, were swarming. They were getting some good chances. Uh, the reason for the deficit, there's a few reasons. Uh, for starters, Jack Campbell was very, very good. Um, you know, obviously on, on the other side of the ice. So he, he was making some really nice saves and uh, obviously a big reason why the Oilers weren't giving up any goals. Uh, two that really spring to mind as far as uh, early chances for the Rangers in this game. Lindgren went in deep, had a great chance for a tipping goal. Uh, a pad save was made um, by Campbell. And then Jimmy Vesey had an excellent chance as well. He was in deep and Campbell uh, denied him as well. Just two examples, but Campbell was really good, uh, especially early in this game. And on the other end of the ice, I thought the Rangers, it was just kind of a case where they were shooting themselves in the foot. 
Um, you know, Igor wasn't very good either. The Rangers were having some trouble clearing guys out of their crease, and the Rangers were also taking some bad penalties. And that adds up to uh, a situation where you're probably going to be giving up some goals. Uh, I thought, you know, the first two goals that the Edmonton Oilers scored in the first period, I would put that on the Ranger defense. I don't think the Rangers did a good enough job clearing guys out of there. Um, there was one by Barry where, I mean, he just he might as well have rolled out the red carpet right to the front of the net, and he was able to score on that one. The last two goals I thought were more on Igor. I thought, you know, again, he wasn't getting a ton of help on any of them, but they're goals that uh, he should not allow, that he should stop, and uh, certainly that we expect Igor Shesterkin to stop. And the other thing that killed the Rangers was uh, two really bad penalties, one on Vincent Trocek, one on Ke'Andre Miller. Trocek uh, took a really dumb penalty in the offensive zone. I'm sorry. There, there's no other word for it. Just a dumb penalty. Uh, the goalie stick was on the ice, and he, like, shot it away, which they're not allowed to do. He was arguing it for some reason. I mean, to me, that one seems pretty black and white, and I, I don't think there's any real reason to be arguing that. Um, but bottom line, you know, that he shoots the he shoots the stick away. He gets called for the penalty, and then uh, he's in the penalty box, and the Oilers are able to convert and score on the power play. And then uh, we've got a situation where Keandre Miller has the puck. This is a little bit later in the first period, and he shot the puck over the glass and out of play, delay a game. Oilers score on that one too. So. You know, again, credit the Oilers for being opportunistic, but I didn't think that they were, like, overwhelming the Rangers or skating circles around them. I thought this was a case, basically, once again, of the Rangers shooting themselves in the foot and in a couple of different cases also, you know, Jack Campbell robbing the Rangers. I thought, you know, this very easily could have had a different score going into the first intermission. Uh, it did not. And obviously, the Rangers had to pick up their game. But that leads me into something else that I actually want to talk about, and that's uh, the message from Gerard Gallant to this team during the intermission. Uh, so apparently, during the first intermission, once again, Rangers down 4-1 to one at this point. And apparently, Gallant went in there and said to his team, we're not losing this game. And... That's awesome. First of all, you know, he's got the pulse of this team. I, I think he knows what buttons to push when it comes to the New York Rangers. And, you know, there's, there's people that will never give him any credit, no matter what the Rangers do or what he has to do with their success or anything along those lines. Um, but for him to go in and deliver that message to this team, I mean, look, again, it goes back to something I talked about a few minutes ago. The Rangers had won six in a row coming into this game. Would have been very easily for, very easy, excuse me, for the coach, the players, everybody else to just say, well, you know what? It's not our night. You know, the winning streak can't last forever. We're going to lose sooner or later. We're, we're down early. No, Gallant went in there and said, we're not losing this game. I think the players took that message to heart. Uh, they came out. You know, again, it wasn't a lack of compete in the first period for the Rangers. It was just a couple of mental lapses, and they got rid of those beginning with the second period, came storming back. Uh, you had a shorthanded goal by Chris Kreider that got the Rangers back into the game. And, of course, that set the stage for everything that happened in the third period and in the overtime uh, and in the shootout as well. And something else that I just want to mention here as it pertains to Gerard Gallant you know, everybody was kind of focused on the message that he delivered during the first intermission, and rightfully so, because obviously, I mean, it certainly sounds like that message resonated and, and got the Rangers going, and they came storming back and won this game. But something else that I just want to throw out there, can we give Gallant a little bit of props here for not pulling Igor Shesterkin out of this game? Because, you know, Igor was giving up goals left and right in the first period. Uh, you know, the third goal was pretty soft. The fourth goal was even softer. And... You know, you're, you're kind of getting to a spot where it's like, well, you know, are they going to make a change? I mean, I started wondering that. I know some people on Twitter were wondering that as well. And maybe you go to Yaroslav Halak. Now, you could argue that uh, maybe one of the reasons why Gallant didn't pull Igor Shosturkin out of this game is because he knew there was a back-to-back -back and he knew Halak was going to play the next game. Halak's a little bit older. Uh, Gallant doesn't really like playing 
even Igor on both games of a back-to-back. So maybe that was part of the, his reasoning for not pulling Igor. But I think there's more to it than that. I get the feeling, and I can't speak for Gerard Galan, but I get the feeling, once again, I just feel like he has the pulse of this team, and I feel like he saw this as a situation where he could kind of almost challenge Igor Shesterkin a little bit and just kind of, you know, Igor's been up against it a little bit recently. The Rangers have been winning anyway, but he has not been at his best in the last handful of games, uh, this game in- included. Um, but I, I just feel like this was a situation where it was kind of like, okay, you know what? You had a bad first period. You know what? You're still the reigning Vesna winner. You're still one of the best goalies in this on this planet. You're still our guy. You're still our backbone. You're going to figure it out, and you're going to lead us to a win in this game. And I, I think that's pretty much what happened here. He, he knows that Halak's been great lately, and Igor scuffled a little bit lately, but he knows that Igor is still the guy. And after delivering that message of, we're not losing this game, I don't think you can deliver that message and then also uh, pull your franchise goalie out of the game and replace him with the backup. Uh, He found a way to galvanize this team, and I think part of that was the decision to let Igor in this game. And lo and behold, Igor Shosturkin the rest of the way uh, does not give up a single goal. You know, he shuts them down for the second period, the third period, overtime, and then only one out of the six skaters that he faced in the shootout was able to score. So great stuff all around there, and I got to commend Gerard Gallant for the message that he delivered and also his decision um, to once again, leave Igor Shosturkin in this game and, and let him finish what he started. And obviously, uh, a lot of credit to Igor as well for shaking off a rough first period, coming back with some nice saves. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, I just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so I mentioned a second ago, you know, Gerard Galan and a couple of the reasons why I felt like the Rangers could get back into this game. Obviously, he pushed the right buttons during the intermission. Um, but I got a couple of other reasons why I felt after the first period the victory was still attainable. Some of the more tangible reasons here. Um, so to begin with, the Rangers star players coming into this game absolutely on fire recently. You know, Artemi Panarin, what he's doing speaks for itself. He had that two-game stretch where he had, you know, six goals and I think two assists uh, just on fire recently. Mika's been on fire. Kreider's starting to score some of those uh, tipping goals. The kid line had slowed down maybe a little bit in terms of goals scored, but uh, they're still playing well. They're still dangerous. Lafreniere with the big goal in this game and also uh, the shootout winner. Uh, Tarasenko still getting acclimated a little bit. Bottom line, uh, they have weapons. Uh, Adam Fox is always on the score sheet every single night. So the Rangers have a lot of guys First of all, under any circumstances, they can make things happen. They can put the puck on the net. Um, but in addition to that, a lot of those said players are are hot right now, are hot going into that game against the Edmonton Oilers. So I felt like uh, for that reason, victory was still attainable. And when you look at the Oilers, not exactly a lockdown defensive team. I, I looked this up a little bit earlier. They've allowed the 12th most goals of any team in hockey. And when you look at the 11 teams that have allowed more goals than the Oilers have, 
only one of them, and that would be the Los Angeles Kings, uh, are currently in playoff position. So that gives you an idea of just how important it is and how vulnerable you are um, if you're a team that, that concedes a lot of goals. It's hard to go very far in this league if you're giving up goals left and right. You're not going to win every game 5-4 to four or 6-5. to five. got to be able to shut down your opponent at some point. And this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that. But frankly, uh, the Oilers goalies really are not that great. I mean, Jack Campbell, he's, he's had a solid career. You know, he's bounced around a little bit. He's definitely had some good seasons. Uh, got off to a great start in this game. But it's not prime Dominic Hoshik out there, you know. So I, I felt like the Rangers could quite possibly come back into this game. And, of course, uh, that's what they ended up doing. Something else that I, I thought was kind of funny. I talked about Gallant just a second ago. Uh, before this game, he was asked about Connor McDavid and uh, McDavid being on 99 points, and, and Gallant was asked about, you know, just the season that he's having, and uh, he found out that, you know, McDavid was on 99 points, and Gallant said something like, oh, really? So he slowed down a little bit then, huh? And, uh, you know, mentioned he'd like to keep them on 99 points, or keep McDavid on 99 points, uh, but wasn't so sure that the Rangers could do it. And, of course, uh, McDavid ends up with two assists. Leon Dreisaitl ended up with a goal, and, I mean, that's how good those two are. You you hear that Dreisaitl and McDavid combined for one goal and two assists, and it's almost like... You, maybe you take that, maybe, you know, like that's how good the two of them are. And at least they didn't completely go off and completely uh, take over the game. So obviously the Rangers, you know, they, they, they held them in check. Uh, obviously it's tough to keep those guys off the score sheet, but they kept them from completely, like I said, taking over the game and uh, turning this into a route, which it could have been, you know, the rain, the Rangers were down big early and uh, Igor and the Rangers as a whole uh, shut the door. Not too long after that. I also wanted to mention uh, Adam Fox, 25th birthday for him. I have a stat actually in my phone here about Adam Fox that I want to pull up real quick, but you know, he celebrated his birthday in style. He ends up with two assists. And this is a stat that I, that I absolutely love. They showed this on the MSG broadcast. First of all, 54 games at this point in the season, 10 goals and 41 assists, a plus 26 rating. And this is a stat that I love. He's one of just four players in the NHL right now that has 50 or more points and that has a plus minus of plus 25 or better. The other three players are Pasternak, Pavelski, and Robertson. So obviously great stuff from Adam Fox. And I think it goes without saying that good things typically happen when Adam Fox is on the ice. Uh, I mentioned Igor Shesterkin a little while ago. Again, we got to give a lot of props to him because um, he's up against it a little bit recently, at least by his own lofty standards. Uh, He has not been the, the shutdown goalie that we're so accustomed to seeing. He ends up stopping 25 of 29 shots in this game. Which, you know, when you first look at it, it's not that great. But that's where uh, the goalie stat line, I I think, can be at least a little bit deceiving. Because he obviously played well and gave the Rangers an opportunity to come back uh, in this game. So he did a great job, made some clutch saves. I thought one of his biggest saves of the night was at the start of the second period. And keep in mind, Rangers are down 4-1 to at this point. Oilers are looking for more. Uh, Connor McDavid goes in, you know, hard up the the left side there. Gets a great opportunity from in deep. And Igor fights it off, steers it aside. I mean, if McDavid scores there, Rangers very likely don't win this game. I mean, at that point, you're looking at a heck of a deficit, and the Oilers, you know, they're in a situation where they picked up right where they left off. So, uh, again, great stuff by Igor, was clutched the rest of the way, uh, 45-plus minutes of scoreless hockey, and then also getting it done in the shootout. And speaking of the shootout, there was one other thing I wanted to acknowledge here. Connor McDavid, after this game, apparently was saying that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But he was saying, like, oh, yeah, shootouts are a terrible way to uh, to decide a winner and blah, 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 blah. So first of all, dude, your, your team was up 3 nothing. Your team was up 4-1. to uh, Find a way to win the game. That's first and foremost. And on top of that, 
Did the Rangers make any excuses like that when, when they lost to the Oilers, when the Oilers came back from down three goals against them in Madison Square Garden earlier this season? I don't think so. I think, if anything, the Rangers were just disgusted with themselves at that point because that was when they were really up against it and really going through a tough stretch. But something else that I've noticed here, and it's not just Connor McDavid. I'm not picking on McDavid. He, he's whatever. You know, I'm kind of impartial when it comes to Connor McDavid. But... People, it's a polarizing thing when it comes to shootouts. You know, a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't like it. Uh, for me, it it's kind of an imperfect way to determine a winner of a game. I don't need to see the Rangers tie 16, 17, 18 games a season. I like to determine a winner at the end. And I've said this before. I like shootouts in the regular season. Keep them far, far away from the playoffs. In the playoffs, you got to go to sudden death. You got to play 5v5. And the game has to be determined uh, by somebody scoring a goal. To me, it's just that simple. In the regular season, though, 82 games, you can't have sudden death overtime going on and on and on and on. That'd be ridiculous. And on top of that, the shootouts are exciting. But one thing that I've noticed, whether it's McDavid or any of the other their shootout naysayers, the people that don't like the shootout, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, always say, nobody likes the shootout. Everybody hates the shootout. The shootout's so stupid. Everybody thinks it's stupid. No, they don't. I don't think it's stupid. I, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's exciting. Again, it's an imperfect way, in my very humble opinion, to determine a winner of a game, but I don't need to see ties and more ties and more ties and more ties. I want to see a winner at the end of the day, and you're putting uh, you know, the best players in the world on display out there. You know, typically the very best players are going to be the ones uh, taking part in the shootout. And obviously there are some world-class goalies that are going to be doing their thing as well. So uh, to me, shootouts are fine. I don't have a better way to, to break a tie when it comes to regular season NHL games. That's just my thoughts on it. Um, and to me, in a way, winning this game in a shootout, which is always kind of chaotic, and it is a little bit of a crapshoot, you know, I'll admit that, but winning it in that matter or that manner after you are down for the entire game and you're chasing these three-goal deficits, that almost made it a little bit more poetic, you know, winning the game in uh, such a over-the-top way as the shootout presents. So uh, awesome win for the Rangers. I don't care if it happened in regulation or overtime or the shootout. They found a way to get it done after once again being down 3 nothing and 4-1. to Awesome win for the New York Rangers. Um, so in our next episode, like I said, this is a Sunday special here. going to be publishing this on Sunday. In our next episode, it's going to be happening on Monday, and my plan is to cover the Flames game on Saturday. Like I said, I didn't want to just box both games into one episode here, especially because the Euler uh, win was as awesome as it was. And I'll just do my best to keep producing episodes for you guys as much as I possibly can here. Uh, Rangers also going to be back in action on Monday at home against the Winnipeg Jets. It's going to be very nice to get back to a 7 p.m. start time. And then on Tuesday, we'll have you know the recap of that game, and I'll share my thoughts on everything that happened there. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.